When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on NFL Live, we dive into the appearance that Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin made on the Pivot podcast. RC, of course, one of the hosts. It's a must listen. And then, if you haven't heard, Jimmy Garoppolo, still a 49er. Baker Mayfield, still a Cleveland Brown. We're less than a month away from training camp. The question is, how much longer will these guys be with their incumbent teams? And with that, we say hello. Welcome into NFL Live. It is a Friday. We have a great crew. You see them up there, left to right. Ryan Clark, Rob Ninkovich, and Adam Schefter. And I am Field Yates. And we begin today's show with the latest on Deshaun Watson, as the Browns quarterback is still awaiting potential punishment from the NFL as a result of 24 lawsuits alleging sexual assault, 20 of which were recently settled. So let's turn to Shefty, and obviously this is the story that has percolated the entire yeah. offseason. Shefty, what's the latest on a potential timeline from when we could hear about punishment for Deshaun Watson? Field, when you talk to people around the league, they believe it's possible for there to be a decision on this as early as next week. And so Deshaun Watson begins to be put on the clock for next week. It doesn't mean we will get something clearly before the July 4th holiday, but it certainly is in play, and it is possible that we could hear from the NFL, from the NFLPA. The NFLPA obviously is fighting against the NFL imposing a lengthy suspension upon Deshaun Watson, which certainly looks like it's the NFL's wish at this point in time. There's a wide range of outcomes here available, but clearly the NFL with Lisa Friel leading the investigation will recommend a lengthy suspension. The NFLPA will fight against that, and it could ultimately come down to Sue Robinson, the disciplinary officer in this particular case, to impose what she believes is the right discipline on Deshaun Watson, at which point Either the NFL or the NFLPA could appeal that discipline, but the NFL would like there to be a lengthy suspension in place. Yeah, and this is the most high-profile situation since Roger Goodell and the last CBA was negotiated in which he is no longer the person who makes a decision on the punishment and also can potentially serve as an arbiter on a potential appeal. We'll follow that one as the right. Browns open the season against the Panthers in Carolina. Let's go to the NFC West where Debo Samuel reigns a 49er despite a public trade request made just prior to the NFL draft. John Lynch, their GM, has made it clear he has no interest in trading Samuel, who emerged as perhaps the league's most versatile offensive player last season. He's also extension eligible as he has now been in the league for three seasons. His teammate, George Kittle, appeared on the Great Bustin' with the Boys podcast, hosted by Terry Lewan and Will Compton. Here's what he had to say about the Debo situation. I know, quote, I know nothing. I haven't talked to John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, or Debo about it. All I know is that in hindsight, I would have paid Debo three-quarters of the way through the season, try to do a contract in-season for sure. Probably would have been cheaper. Something crazy could happen. I could be eating my words in two weeks, but the Niners have done every major contract, mine, Fred Warner's, the week before the season started. So my guess is within three weeks we'll have we'll hear news of it, but I have no idea and quote. All right, so <laughs> Shefty, George Kittle may be stopping short of taking your job here as the insider, but where do things stand right now between the 49ers and Debo Samuel? Well, look, Field, here's what we do know. The draft came and went 
without the 49ers trading Debo Samuel. We also know that he showed up at the mandatory minicamp. He didn't do a whole lot, obviously, but he was there. And the fact that he was there enabled both sides to have conversations that would make you think that George Kittle may be onto something when he says he could see a deal come together shortly before the season begins. Look, the 49ers want to pay Debo. He is back with the organization. I think some of the bad feelings have subsided some. I think some of the hot air has been deflated here. I think that there's been a cooling of tensions that enables both sides to move ahead and get a deal done. And even though I don't know anything either, I'm with George Kittle when he says he could see a deal getting done before the start of the season. I don't think that would surprise anybody. What other great option is there for Debo Samuel other than to get a deal that would make him one of the highest paid wide receivers in the league and put him in line with some of the other big wide receiver deals that have gotten done this offseason? Well, Shafty, if Kittle, who's arguably the most complete tight end in the league, also starts to become a news-breaking NFL insider, we could have some problems for you, Shafty. That guy has yeah. many, many talents, potentially. <laughs> Field, George Kittle should watch out for the way that I go across the middle and the target I can be in the red zone. That's all I'm telling you right now. I believe, if, if I'm not mistaken, I know you've intercepted Tom Brady. I believe you've caught a touchdown pass from Tom Brady as well. We'll get the tape out on that Correct. one at some point here on NFL Live. Let me ask you this, RC. Uh, does Debo Samuel need the 49ers system more, which made him the star he was last year, or do the 49ers need Debo more, who, again, might be the most versatile player in the NFL on offense? Hey, listen, now let's get this straight. They both need each other. Mm -hmm. This isn't a situation where you can go to a terrible organization and flourish, or if you're the San Francisco 49ers, you can just find Debo Samuel just hanging out on the corner and bring him into the facility. But I do believe that Debo Samuel needs Kyle Shanahan more. He needs this offensive system that understands how to use him, put him in, put him in the backfield, get him the ball on screens, jet sweeps, also reverses, allowing him to play running back. They truly used him to the greatest limits of his potential and that's why I think he should stay there work out a deal get the money that you deserve and that you have earned but continue to be on a team with a coach that understands how to get the ball to you in the right positions at the right time that has allowed you to flourish and become one of the best wide receivers or actually just best playmakers in the entire NFL. RC, I agree with you, man. I think that they do need each other. But listen, the cat's out of the bag on Debo. If you are another team and you saw the things that he was able to do last year out of the backfield, the missile motions, mm -hmm. the reverses, the gadget passes, all those little things that he is able to do. And, and the impressive part is the run after catch and contact. He is explosive. Yeah. So with a young quarterback, they're going to have a second-year quarterback in there so he needs a guy, an outlet, to throw the ball to quickly. Debo is going to be the guy. So I do think they need each other. But the, the league is on notice, and the league understands what he can do. So if Debo was, let's say, in Miami, I bet you he'd be pretty good. So I really think that they're, they're going to try to work yeah. a, a deal out here. He's going to stay there. But another team would love to have a guy that has that much talent. Well, it's been the offseason of major wide receiver deals, perhaps eventually a Debo Samuel deal gets done. Ninko mentioned that second-year quarterback, of course, referring to Trey Lance, who at least appears set to take the reins as the starter in San Francisco. Defensive lineman Eric, Eric Armstead had this to say on the Jim Rome Show about Trey Lance. I'm expecting great things from him. I'm excited to see what he's going to do, but he's not alone when he takes the field. Our team is very talented, and it's not just the Trey Lance show. 
He's surrounded by a lot of talented, great players, and we're all going to go out there and do what we can to help us win games. It's not just going to be on his shoulders, end quote. All right, so RC, it's actually a good point by arms that probably gets lost in the wash often, but how important is these 49ers defense for the success of Trey Lance at quarterback? You know what I love, man? I, we, we, we get these guys to say things, and then we think that they're revelations. What he's saying is what the San Francisco 49ers have already been. The San Francisco 49ers are a team. Let's not act like they're going to Trey Lance, and the guy that was starting before him was Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. They won by playing great defense. They won by running the football. It wasn't that Jimmy Garoppolo was going out and running the score up, and they were finding ways to win games 30 to 38. They beat the Green Bay Packers in the divisional playoff round 13 to 10 because of special teams, because of great defense. At least now with Trey Lance, you have the ability or at least you have the talent level that can create explosive plays with his legs. A very strong-armed quarterback as well. So maybe you become a more dynamic offense if not, if not a more efficient offense. But defense has been where this team has hung its hat for the last three or four years. And they'll do the exact same thing this year. That's who the 49ers are at their core. They weren't asking Jimmy Garoppolo to go out and win a game, just like they're not going to ask that of Trey Lance. And now I agree with RC. And, and listen, RC understands as a defender, we talk about sudden change. And, and when there's a turnover, interception, yep. fumble, we're on the bench and we're like, all right, it's our turn. It's sudden change. We got to go out here. We got to do our job. We got to get the ball back to the yep. offense. Now, when you have a young quarterback in his second year, he might have a few growing pains. There might be a couple more turnovers. He might have a couple passes that he wants back. So that defense is built for the sudden change. They got the pass rush. They have the linebackers. So I think they'll be perfectly fine. We know that they are solid in all three phases. Now, it's up to the young quarterback to take care of the football, number one, mm -hmm. and not have a lot of sudden changes because if you go through a full season, there's going to be some growing pains here. We're going to see some early in the year, but you want everything to kind of be trending in the right direction at the end of the season. Well, Rob, you heard the quote from Eric Armstead about him expecting great things from Trey Lance. And I think that there's a feeling in that locker room with the players that over the course of the past month or so, that Trey Lance has taken some noticeable steps forward and asserted himself as somebody who's capable of being the starting quarterback this year on day one, which I think is what the 49ers had been hoping for. And I think with the growth that Lance has shown during OTAs, during the mandatory minicamp, I think that really does reopen the door to see if there's a potential Jimmy Garoppolo trade out there for the 49ers and to allow Trey Lance to step in and prove why the 49ers gave up as much as they did to have him run the show to be the guy, it looks like his time could be coming. I can tell you the players feel certainly optimistic and upbeat about what they've seen from Trey Lance this offseason. He was the mystery man coming into last year's draft, and he might be the wild card of this NFL season. This team was just a few plays away from making the Super Bowl. It sounds like Trey Lance's time is coming in San Francisco. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's been an offseason of change for the Packers, specifically a wide receiver, as the team traded away Devontae Adams in a blockbuster move and then saw Marquez Valdez scantling depart in free agency to go to Kansas City. They wanted to draft, amongst other players, Christian Watson. They added Sammy Watkins. More on that in just a minute. But while the group may be inexperienced, it's going to need to be ready to fill a major, major void. This team wants to win. And here's what Packers standout cornerback Jair Alexander talked about in terms of making this group better. Quote, I played against the best receiver in the league, Devontae Adams, all four years I've been here. I'm going to make it as hard as I can for those guys because I know on Sunday it's going to pay off. Iron sharpens iron. However I can help to make them better, I'm going to do that, end quote. So, again, looking at who the Packers now have at wide receiver with Devontae Adams playing in Vegas, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, they're back. We mentioned Sammy Watkins. He was signed to a one-year deal. They have four rookie wide receivers, including – Christian Watson, who I mentioned, the near top of the second-round pick out of North Dakota State. This group of 10 receivers combined for under 1,400 receiving yards last season. Devontae Adams had over 1,500 by himself last year. RC, you play with a lot of guys that were young and became stars. You became a lot of veterans who showed them the way. How important is this idea of iron sharpening iron at practice between the veterans and the young guys? Yeah. Listen, it's, it's extremely important. Uh, the other thing is, too, I want to translate what Jair Alexander is saying to the wide receivers from the Green Bay Packers. I'm about to dog y'all. That's what he's <laughs> telling them, that every day you come out here, I'm going to get on this line, yep. I'm about to press you up, and I'm going to make it hell every single day so when you get in the game, you don't have to think about whether or not I can do it. You don't have to think about what the competition is going to be like because I'm going to show you that every day on the practice field in Wisconsin. And this is huge. I used to watch it with Ike Taylor and Antonio Brown, Ike Taylor and San and Santonio Holmes. And you could see that every time they stepped up on the line, it was an absolute battle to know that when we walked in that locker room, that today was my day. But then it showed up on the field. Those guys never shied away. When Ike had to stand across from Chad Johnson, he had to stand across from Randy Moss. He was comfortable in doing that because he practiced that. It was never a time that our wide receivers got on the line and were scared when somebody pressed because they were ready for that. This also matters for units. When you have a great run offense, your your defense gets better against the run game because they have to practice against it mm. constantly. If you're a team like us that would blitz every single play or every single third down, when you get in the blitz period and we're running fire zone, we're running dog blitzes, you understood how to pick that up on game day because you saw it. Good versus good is what you want to get in practice and camp so when the fire gets hot on game day, you are not scared to walk across the coals and that's what Jair Alexander is saying to the Green Bay Packers and their wide receiver crew. Yeah, football practice not really fun but it is super important let me ask you this question Nico how much faith do you have in this Green Bay offensive unit as a whole I mean they got Aaron Rodgers I have faith I think Aaron Rodgers 
is going to be just fine. He's going to have another great season. They still got Aaron Jones. They got a great running back. So we'll see the health of the offensive line. Can they get back um, to protecting Aaron Rodgers and running the football, being aggressive? Uh, so the biggest question mark right now is who replaces that wide receiver production? And they're, they're going to have some time during the season. Their division isn't a crazy hard division, so they'll still be on top of that division. So I think if they can fight through this, my biggest concern is who's their pass rushers? Who's going to create the most pass rush? Last year, they're at the bottom of the league in pass rush. Their defense needs to be improved. I really think with Aaron Rodgers, if the young kids can jump on quickly and early in the season get that valuable experience to where you can lean on that towards the end, Aaron Rodgers will be fine. Their offense is still going to be functional. You got Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at the end of the day, if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, they'd be in trouble, but you got one of the greatest uh, quarterbacks of all time. 13 straight wins in yeah. three straight seasons for this Packers team. You got to figure they have optimism they can keep that up, even without Devontae Adams, who, of course, is one of the best receivers who has done it over the past five years. You know, every offseason, we get some bold statements from players around the league. This one is no different, so we're going to highlight a few throughout today's show, and we start with Cowboys star linebacker Micah Parsons. Here's what Parsons told CBS Sports on a sack total this year. Yeah, 15 is like the minimum. 15 is what I want to hit, but definitely 23 is that goal to break the record. All right, Nico, what do you think here on uh, Micah Parsons' goals for 2022? I love the confidence. I, I, I love it. I mean, the guy's confident. He's setting his goals high. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a reason why there's 20 years separating 22 and a half sacks, right, with Michael Strahan and T.J. Watt. That, it's a really hard thing to do, or else a lot of guys would have 20 sacks every single season. And this year, going into his second season, they're going to know where he's at on the field. These offenses are smart. They're going to game plan accordingly. And is he going to be an outside linebacker? Is he going to be an inside linebacker? It, it, the amount of times that he's rushing the quarterback last year, they kind of pushed him into that role because of injuries. So listen, I love the confidence, but if he goes out there and doesn't chase sacks, just go out there, be the best player you can be for your defense, make a lot of plays, help your team win. The sacks will come. The big plays will come. I just don't want him thinking I got to get the sacks. I got to get to that number because it's really hard to do it. Once you start pushing and looking for numbers, that's not a great thing, but I love the confidence. No knock on the confidence. Let's just, let's just see him win and, and help his team win. Guys, y'all know how it works, man. Like, think about this. If you go gamble, right, you go to Vegas for the first time and you win $200,000, you're going to think that's what happens, right? You're going to be like, oh, shoot, every time I go to Vegas, I'm going to run it up. But that's not how it works. But if you're Michael <laughs> Parson, this is what he's thinking. I didn't even play defensive in full time. I didn't even – I wasn't even – <laughs> the top 100 of the guys that were rushing and I still got 13 so you mean to tell me if I rushed all the time I couldn't get 22 that's how simply how simply this is breaking down in his mind now he's going to play middle linebacker he's going to be asked to, to cover he's going to be asked to do too many things to get 22 sacks but Rob can't tell me Field can't tell me Adam when he's on here can't tell me that this isn't one of the more naturally ta uh, um, talented rushers we've ever seen in this league, especially so young. So the fact that he's setting his goals where he is is no surprise to me because he is that gifted. You know, RC, I watch the show for a lot of reasons. One of them is I love your analogies, man. They always are like a little bit of a journey for me to follow along. And there we go. We got Vegas. You win 200K. You Micah Parsons is a rookie last year. It all makes sense to me. I lost. Great stuff as always from RC and Ninko.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. So both Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield were excused from this month's mandatory minicamp for their teams. Jimmy G is still rehabbing after shoulder surgery in March, while questions continue to swirl around Baker Mayfield's future in Cleveland, or elsewhere for that matter. For more on that, Shefty chimes in with his latest top offseason question. What about Baker Mayfield and Jimmy Garoppolo? Two quarterbacks who are immersed in the waiting game rather than getting ready for any preseason game. Neither of their teams, the Browns nor the 49ers, want to nor plan to release their quarterbacks. Both teams believe they have too much value. I think Jimmy will be playing for us, so he'll be playing for someone else. He's too good a player not to be. What an absolute strike from Jimmy Garoppolo. You guys know Baker. Uh, he's a fighter. Um, he's as tough as they come. Hell yeah! Yeah! Mayfield is a former number one overall pick. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. And Garoppolo came up just short of leading the 49ers to last season's Super Bowl. And that may be the lasting image for Jimmy Garoppolo. Though the Browns have gone all in on Deshaun Watson, and the 49ers traded three first-round picks to select Trey Lance. I know everyone's got you know strong opinions one way or the other. Uh, like I said, I'm going to go out and, and try to prove people wrong, prove myself right, uh, but I'm doing it for the guys in the locker room. Neither team is willing to donate its former quarterback to goodwill just yet. Both are likely to be traded at some point to some team Nothing's changed um, since his surgery. Expect him at some time, most likely to be traded. And so Mayfield and Garoppolo, the two best available quarterbacks, aren't available for bottom basement prices. Instead, their weight goes on. All right, so Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield have actually had similar profiles in the last few seasons by the numbers. Since 2019, both quarterbacks have had average production with QBRs that ranked 15th and 21st respectively. But their teams have had some success with both of them under center, especially the 49ers went to the Super Bowl and the NFC title game with in the two full seasons that Jimmy Garoppolo was the starter. All right. So, Nico, if it's, it's not that every team is looking for a quarterback is evaluating both of these players. But if you were to evaluate these two players, which one as a defender is easier to defend? I, I'd have to go with Baker on that one because of the fact that you want to keep him in the pocket you have the number one win on first down, so that's limiting the running game. Keep Baker inside the pocket. Make him throw from third and seven plus. He has a hard time with accuracy in the pocket. We know he has a slow release, so when you have that kind of a wind-up release and you're in the pocket, you see a lot of overthrows, and that's when you see a lot of his interceptions. He's throwing the ball, you know, not he's stepping into his throws and they're sailing on him. So I really think that when you look at Baker in general, he's limited running outside of the pocket. He's not going to scramble for a first down, so you're not worried about that. And you want and you, you keep him in the pocket to throw down the field. He's going to throw you one eventually. So I, I would say I'd go against Baker um, if I was a DC. Well, guys, Rob is such a nice human. 
and he won't say it, but I'll say it. I don't care about playing either one of these dudes. Ooh, okay. You tell me I got Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday, I'm happy as hell and I'm sleeping well. You tell me I got Baker Mayfield on Sunday, I'm happy as hell and I'm sleeping well because they don't scare you at all. But now, if you are a team and you are evaluating both of these players, I think you'd have to lean toward Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the one thing is consistency and knowing what you'll get. Obviously, you look at Baker Mayfield and maybe some of his highs are higher than Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe there's a step up in talent level, in arm talent. But the consistency of who Jimmy Garoppolo is, his ability to lead, his ability to win at the highest level. This man has gone to two NFC championships. He was a missed throw to Emmanuel Sanders away from winning the Super Bowl. And I think when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo and some of the stability that he was able to bring to San Francisco, it cannot be understated or underrated. Think about who that team is when Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback and when mm -hmm. they aren't. So it says it doesn't matter. It's not a situation where you can just plug anybody into San Francisco and they win. That was Jimmy Garoppolo allowing that team to win in whatever way that he was able to do it. And so I think I'd rather take that stability, that consistency of Jimmy G over the inconsistency of Baker Mayfield and some of the highs and lows you'll have to deal with as a personality and person as well. You know, interesting, R.C., because when the 49ers went back and looked at the film from last season, I don't think they realized how well Jimmy Garoppolo played until they watched the film. Hmm. And I think he would have been traded by now if he didn't have the shoulder surgery in March. There were teams legitimately interested. But once he had the surgery, it's tough for a team to go give up, let's just say, a second-round draft pick, maybe more in compensation for a quarterback that you have medical questions about at that point in time. And so the surgery derailed any trade at that time that I think actually would have happened. Everything got put on hold. But now with teams coming back this summer, hey, let's see what happens in Cleveland. Let's see if Deshaun Watson is out for the year, how, mm. how long he's gone. Would Cleveland want another quarterback? Is Carolina going to make a move? Is Houston comfortable with Davis Mills? There are some quarterback spots to watch. And I think these are the two quarterbacks here, Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield, to watch and track as camps get underway. You know, Shefty, your inside information is all well and good, but I would have preferred you put your defensive back hat on because for those that are unfamiliar, we referenced it earlier on in the show, Shefty is the only, well, RC may have gotten him once too, but Shefty picked off Tom Brady in the end zone. In the end zone, Shefty. How about, that's not even nice. Well, Phil, I wish we had played the touchdown catch from Tom Brady. As I always say, I think I'm the only person in history that's caught a touchdown from Tom Brady and picked him off. There aren't many people who can say that, and I don't have many <laughs> athletic claims to fame. So if I can lay my flag in that one, I'm good with that. I tell you what, I mean, seriously, that like as far as athletic resumes go, I mean, I like I like walked to 5K recently. That's about as athletic <laughs> as I get. So well done by you here, Shefty. <laughs> RC and Nico are like, guys, we, we're like literally longtime NFL players with rings. Come on now. Uh, training camps are just about a month away. The Bills and Raiders were the first teams to have their rookies report. That takes place on July 18th. Eight more teams have rookies report on the next day. And by July 26th, every team will have their full roster reported to camp. Which brings us now to quick reads. And let me ask the two guys here, which of these training camps would you most want to go to? Ninko, you get first tips. I want to go see the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to see how that quarterback competition shapes up. I want to see what, what it looks like after Big Ben. And, and really, you got a great head coach that's going to lead these, these men to kind of saying, look, 
we're the underdogs here. Nobody's counting us to be in this division race. Let's go out here and surprise some people. So I'd really like to be at that training camp. I want to see the competition with Pickett and Trubisky. Man, I wouldn't have picked the Pats if I knew Nico was going to pick the Steelers. I'd have gave y'all some flavor. But I want to go to the New England Patriots camp and figure out how the hell you run offense with don't nobody who know how to run the offense. Is it just going to be Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, and then we're going to see Joe Judge? We know that Matt Patricia and Joe Judge can't get the offense to run correctly because we watch them with the Giants and the Detroit Lions. It's going to be all on Bill. So I want to see how they're going to practice, how they're going to continue to help Mac Jones be better. All right, so, so hold on now. We have a former Patriot talking about the Steelers and a former Steeler <laughs> talking about the Patriots now. <laughs> By the way, RC, you, like I can see Ninko wanting to rock the 2-5. RC would never be caught dead in jersey number 50. He's got way too much confidence and swag never. to be wearing that number. Absolutely not. Ninko actually pulled it off I mean, nicely. If, hey, Hey, 50, hey, sacks, I had interceptions, too. That's not a bad gig, yeah, you know? Yeah, it did work out for you pretty well, Nico. You did pull it off. 50 would well be done. too big on my chest. Yeah, way too big. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Back to our bold statements, and the Jets have added a lot of pieces around Zach Wilson and offense. So, here's what Jets linebacker CJ Mosley said to AL.com. Quote, I'm really expecting playoffs or bust. Obviously, that's my goal every year. But I think it's something that's a realistic goal for our entire team and our coaches. End quote. So the Jets could draw some inspiration from the Bengals last year, as that was another team that exceeded expectation with a second-year quarterback. According to the Football Power Index, the Jets currently have the lowest chance to make the postseason in AFC. So entering 2021, the Bengals had the 28th best chance, but of course surprised many of making it all the way to the Super Bowl. All right, RC, I'll stop short of the Super Bowl for now, but are you buying the idea of the Jets making the playoffs? <laughs> you know what? I buy the idea of the idea. I don't necessarily know that the Jets are a team that's going to compete to be in the playoffs, especially when we're looking at the Buffalo Bills, the New England Patriots, and the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins have improved. Obviously, we know what the Buffalo Bills are. But the Jets are going to be a, a far improved team this year. I expect them to be much better on offense. They added some skill position players and also some blocking up front that would allow Zach Wilson to take that next step into being who he needs to be and who he has to be for this team to win. And so I'm excited about seeing where they go, but let's not just jump to the playoffs just yet. Okay. Temper expectations. All right, well, let's move to the league at large. As earlier this week, I wrote a piece on ESPN.com overviewing one team that each NFL team, one move each NFL team should consider making before the regular season gets going. For the Cowboys, it was signing franchise tag tight end Dalton Schultz to a multi-year extension after his breakout year in 2021. RC, to me, the deal should get done. The numbers should be easy. What do you think on this one? 
Well, listen, I think the numbers could be easy, but you're not going to look at paying Dalton and Schultz, at least to me, top tight end money, who now, if you listen to George Kittle, should be getting what wide receivers are getting. I believe this is a deal that finds him in the top five of tight ends as far as the money goes, and it should be easy, but they shouldn't stress themselves on Dalton Schultz. Did he have a breakout year? Absolutely. Is this a guy that's a must-have to continue building your franchise around for years to come? I don't necessarily believe that, Field. I believe they can find another guy to do this if the price isn't right for Jerry and the Cowboys. As for the Buccaneers, Gronk, of course, has retired, so it's sensible for them to look at some depth at tight end, specifically a veteran, a guy to play alongside Cameron Ray. Think about some of the names available. Kyle Rudolph, Jared Cook, Eric Ebron amongst them. What do you think, Ninko? I mean, maybe Rudolph, but listen, there's a reason why guys like Gronk are, don't grow on trees. You just can't find a dude that's going to walk in that building and block like Gronk. So, again, they could figure something out in the running game. You could bring in an offensive lineman. You, you can do some stuff there to kind of bridge the gap on Gronk in the running game, but you're not going to find a guy even close to Rob in free agency right now. So, I don't know. They, they could probably find, figure it out for the running game. You're not going to find a guy in the passing game anywhere close to the level of Rob Gronkowski. Well, let's go to Tennessee, where the Titans traded away A.J. Brown. They cut Julio Jones. Now, they did add Robert Woods via trade, and they drafted Traylon Burks 18th overall. I think they need one more veteran wide receiver. What do you say, R.C.? You know what? I actually believe you, too, Phil. I think this would be something they have to do. Think about some of the struggles Traylon Burks have had, has had just in this offseason. Robert Woods coming off of an ACL tear. If you can add that one veteran that understands getting open, understands creating space to make it a little easier for Ryan Tannehill because you know you're going to have a great run game with Derrick Henry in that powerful offensive line. But getting another weapon on the outside that could be instant offense for you or at least reliable offense would be huge for this offense. It's a passing this team league, in Tennessee. Feels like a passing league right now. You know, the Rams, they've done, done basically everything this offseason, but perhaps the cherry on the top of the Sunday would be bringing back Odell Beckham Jr., who, of course, finished hot last season before tearing his ACL in the Super Bowl. Ninko, it was great last year. What do you think? I like it. I'd like to bring back OBJ, but there'd be only one condition. I don't want him to play until basically the playoffs. I've seen guys have injuries like an ACL one time. I've seen him come back twice. I really haven't seen it mm. the third time. So I want him to take his time. I want him to recover fully because I don't even want to put it out there. But take your time, recover, get yourself ready to go, come in for the playoffs. Yeah, can't wait to see him back on the football field whenever that time comes. Finally, go to Denver. And after trading for Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos need to evaluate whether it's smart to do an extension now or perhaps wait. The pros of doing it now is you get something done when the quarterback market could explode next year when guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are amongst the players eligible for an extension. So, Shefty, has there been any talks between the Broncos and Russell Wilson about an extension because he's currently only under contract for two more years? Well, Field, I think when the Denver Broncos make this deal, they do so knowing that at some point in time, sooner rather than later, that they'll probably have to extend Russell Wilson. Now, there's a change in ownership there in Denver where they're waiting for the Walmart family to be approved here and obviously to move forward there. But if you look at Russell Wilson's contract right now, it's already out of date. He's got two years and $41 million left on that contract. He's going to make $19 million this year. And so Denver knows it has a big bargain. It knows that it invested an awful lot in Russell Wilson. And we talked earlier in the show about a potential timeline via George Kittle for Debo Samuel. And I would think that 
it would be something similar with Russell Wilson here. Some point before the start of the season, it wouldn't be a surprise if these two sides were able to come together to figure out an extension, but I would think that that would be something that both sides would want to make happen. Yeah, and as we know, the price tag for quarterbacks could creep up to north of $50 million per year as soon as next offseason, maybe even this offseason. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I realize if you have special outcomes, that you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Man, I had an opportunity to get a quality dude that is a more than capable coach. One of my sayings, I got a lot of sayings, is... Um, don't seek don't seek comfort. You better be willing to do unique things in order to expect unique results. Like McDonald's, right? You know what a number one is. A number one is a number one, and that's what I want Pittsburgh Steelers football to be. When you watch somebody do something at a certain level for so long, it messes up your perception of what's regular and what's not. I don't run away from coaching. I run to coaching. Y'all want to be great? Be great. I need to be with what this 2022 team needs me to be. The standard is the standard. Gosh, such a good interview. Uh, RC, what was your takeaway from sitting down with Coach Tomlin? Uh, one, that's who I've always known him to be. The, mm. the, the, the thing I was happiest about is that the world got kind of an opportunity to know a little bit about how smart he is, how much he understands leadership, how much he understands people. Uh, my biggest takeaway was that he's actually excited about 2022. And listen, not every team is built to win a championship. And when you lose someone like Ben Roethlisberger, you would think some fear creeps up in your mind that you're doing it for the first time without your future Hall of Fame quarterback. But the excitement in his eyes and in his voice when he said, you know what, this is a new team, and I have to be whatever I have to be for this team to win. And running into the coaching that it's going to take for the 2022 Pittsburgh Steelers to be successful, that made me excited for this team. Whereas I was like, oh, it's going to be different without Ben. Where will they find offense? How will they be good? Where's the leadership? I see now he feels the leadership is in that locker room, and he's ready to coach these men to be different this year. RC, I'm sitting here thinking when I'm watching the interview, obviously phenomenal head coach. Record speaks for itself. Super Bowl winner. I'm sitting here thinking yes. to myself, this guy could be like the commissioner of the NFL one day with the way that he just has yes. this presence about him that is simply, it's magnetic. And he is a leader, yeah. that much is for sure. Mike Tomlin also shared some insights on second-year running back Najee Harris in the integral role of leadership that he can play for this franchise going forward. Let's take a listen on this one. That dude, a bell cow. He's going to have to be a bell cow for us. Um, if this train going anywhere in 2022, he's going to be a major component of it, and he's capable. I ain't even talking about from a talent standpoint. We know that. I'm talking about he's capable from an intangible standpoint, uh, bringing the best out in his teammates, wearing the responsibility that comes with leading. He's just young. And so it's been a fun project. So, RC, how much does the passing of the leadership torch to Najee mean in your mind? 
That means a ton. It means a ton for it to be said publicly in that way. He's not only talking to us and speaking to the pivot. He's speaking to the world. He's speaking to the Pittsburgh Steelers that he's anointing this guy because he's capable, because he has the stuff that it takes to lead, to put the team first, to put teammates first. I mean, you can go back to his draft day and having his draft party at a homeless shelter because he was once homeless himself. This is a guy who gets it. We saw the talent on the field. Last year, this year, we'll get an opportunity to see how his leadership affects the locker room and affects the team. Yeah, Nico, he was great last year in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. But how important is Najee to the success of this Steelers offense, which, again, first time starting a new quarterback in seemingly forever? Yeah, he's going to be a huge piece. And, and when you have a running back that's that physical, that, that can really carry the load of the team, and especially with a young quarterback, we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be week one. So... You know, him being able to come in, be consistent, be that leader. And you can be a young leader. You can be a second-year guy and be a captain, a leader of men. Just by going out there day in and day out and consistently doing things the right way, he's the, he's the guy that can do that. So, again, I think he's going to have a huge year, and he's going to have to for the Steeler team um, to go where they want to go. Listen, Nico is exactly right. When you look at when the Pittsburgh Steelers are their best, they lead with their running, and then they can push the football down the field. Now you're going to have a quarterback that's mobile. You're going to have a team that can do some different things offensively, but they're going to have to stop the run on defense and run the football offensively, and that starts with Najee Harris. I think the guy is a star. He's going to be a bell cow for years to come there, but it's going to be extremely vital, especially early, that Najee shows that he can carry this team on his back which would allow Mitchell Trubisky or Kenny Pickett to make the plays in critical football moments, not necessarily have to go out and win games offensively as they come along and get adjusted to being the Pittsburgh Steelers' new starting quarterback. You know, RC, the fact that it was a second-year player that Mike Tomlin was semi-anointing as the next leader to me was notable, but I thought about it a little bit deeper. This is also a player who plays running back. We have gotten to this point in the NFL mm. where we just say, churn them yeah. and burn them, right? Running back one for a year yeah. or two or three, and then we move on to the next. Draft someone who's younger and cheaper with less tread on the tires. What do you think it says about Najee as a human that Mike Tomlin is anointing a guy who, again, at the most fungible position in the sport right now, is becoming the leader of this offense? Yeah, well, first of all, you got to think about Najee Harris coming out of high school as the number one player or number one running back in the country and having to wait his turn at Alabama. This wasn't a guy that was thrust into stardom as soon as he walked on the field or got to the school. And he didn't transfer. He didn't look to go somewhere else. He waited his turn, and then he had his opportunity to shine. A guy who comes on a team the next year with Big Ben Roethlisberger and ingratiates himself so much in that locker room as a team player, but also as a guy that understood and had the stuff to relate to not only the veterans but the young guy and for coach Tomlin to recognize that means it was on a thousand each and every day with his personality with his work with his morals and with his football character that's what's mostly important to me to this team and why he was anointed as the next leader of this offense one thing I gotta say is I can't stand you RC you're a star in NFL live then you go on the pivot you're a star there like can you share a little bit with the rest of us my friend come on now we're just trying to make a, a, an honest living over here in Bristol 
<laughs> you guys got it, man. You guys okay. have it. Humble. And speaking of stars, it's time now for one more thing as we end the show. And if you watched the NBA draft last night, you may have noticed an opening promo. And in the very opening moments of it, yes. our coordinating producer, Lyle King right there, sleeveless Lydell, <laughs> made his debut. Looking good. Look at him. And there's Lydell, of course, who hey. does incredible work. He is the man that keeps the train on the track. That's my son. That, that's your son right that's there? That's my son. Come on now. <laughs> that, that, that's what Lydell said the whole time. I that's love. my son. And then his wife kept saying, that's our son. What an acting job. Well what done there star. by Lydell. <laughs> an invaluable teammate here for us at NFL Live. We love you, Lyd. Great stuff all day from RC, Ninko, and Shefty on field. We'll talk to you guys soon.